Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing copacetic. Everything is copacetic. just copacetic. Yes. I, I love it on the days when you're copacetic. It just feels like the day is going to be better. Or at least as it should be. <laughs> as it should be, which I guess is the definition of copacetic. Yeah, kind of. As it should be. Okay. <laughs> so, Jeff, here's the deal. It th- this this uh, Hopefully, this happens to all of us. Okay. One day, you're in high school or college dreaming of a limitless future, and the next, you're signing up for AARP and nervously wondering if your nest egg is going to last through your imminent golden yeah, years. Yeah, that, that's pretty much exactly we're, how it's happened to we're me. We're talking about retirement, right? Yeah. Right. We we all want to get there. Well, and some of us are closer than others, yes. Well, that that is true and uh it's something that's on our minds and oh, uh, yeah. you know something that we're working towards. We like I said we all want to get there. And if it's not on your mind it should be. It needs to be. It needs to be. So I want to talk today a little bit about the concept of retirement. Okay. And uh, how it's changed over the past generation well, or great, so. Great, cuz it really has. Yeah, definitely. Retirement looks differently now than it did for mm-hmm. for your parents or maybe even for my parents. So, I want to talk about just a, a few ways that retirement has changed in relation to this whole overall concept of the active life that we like to talk okay. about, okay? The first thing that they found uh, through research is that you're more likely to delay your retirement date. Wow. So that's uh that's just based on um, surveys and things that they've done. A, a growing number of Americans appear to have reached the same conclusion that dreams of sipping colorful drinks on a deserted beach are just going to have to wait for a little while. Part of that is because they didn't plan. Part of it is because they, they want to keep busy. They just want to be active and doing stuff, and, and they don't want to stop doing what they're doing. Well, that's, that's, that's really a lot of what they found is uh, in a quarter century, the percentage of workers expected expecting to retire after the age of 65 more than tripled. So people, when they're asked, when do you expect to retire? The right. people who said, well, I'll probably retire after 65 has more than tripled. That's according to the Employee Benefit Research Institute. Even more interestingly to me is the percentage of workers who actually retire after age 65, as opposed to just simply expecting to do so, right. remains more modest, rising from uh, about 8% in 1991 to 15% in 2016. So, you know, p- people have those expectations, sure. but then maybe... Things change, circumstances change, and they're you know able to retire a little bit earlier than they thought that they would. But uh, generally speaking, we're expecting to retire, work a little bit longer. Yeah. And as you said, some of that is because people are really enjoying the work that they're, they're doing. They're healthier longer and they yeah. want to get going. The next thing is that you're more likely to head outdoors for fun than oh, the yeah. previous generation. Oh, and I, yeah. I know that you definitely love to get out there and yes, hike. Yes, I do. They have found that Americans of all ages increasingly look to the great outdoors and nature when planning their activities. Activities such as camping, biking, and bird watching are growing in popularity among all age groups, according to the Physical Activity Council's 2018 participation report. So well, that's this is, amazing. That's a great news. Yeah, this is uh, recent stuff that they're looking at. Older adults in particular are drawn to anything that gets them out among wildlife, including fishing and wildlife walks. Two, now listen to this. This is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Two activities that are long associated with retirement, golf and shuffleboard, are conspicuously absent from the list. 
So there is more evidence that today's retirement is not your parents' retirement. Well, and it shows that we're getting smarter as we get older, <laughs> avoiding those two. No, maybe, maybe, I don't those know. Those are both parts that we do, so we love them, but yeah, yes. Yeah, for sure. But uh, that is interesting. I, I, shuffleboard, I could see, but I'm surprised that golf didn't make the list. But well, I think there's some factors in there, just the sheer cost of yeah, uh, it's an playing expense golf. And, yeah. Anyway, the next thing, you're more likely to be healthier. That's good news. Yeah. Uh, good news for aging folks who worry about their bodies suddenly falling apart. Today's retirees can expect to enjoy much better health than retirees of earlier generations. From 1998 and 2012, the percentage of adults age 80 and older in fair or poor health dropped significantly from 43% to 34%, according to the Urban Institute report. So people are healthier in their later years, which is great. That's good well, news. You know, one of the healthiest persons, people in our office is an 80-year-old. Absolutely. She's she a part-time member, she's just yeah. one of the healthiest people in our office. Here's another one that's really interesting. You're more likely to live abroad. For generations, retirees have used their free time to travel. And now with a growing number of such folks uh, choosing one-way adventures with no plans of returning home, it's uh, just a, a fact that people are living abroad yeah. more than uh, previous generations. The percentage of Americans retiring abroad leaped 17% between 2010 and 2015, according to an Associated Press report. Wow. A little under 400,000 retirees are now expatriates, and that number is expected to grow over the next several years. Here's the last one that I wanted to talk about that okay. I thought was interesting. Not very surprising to me, but interesting. And that is that you're less likely to leave an inheritance. I've, I've been hearing that for yeah, a, a while. Yeah, spending my grandkids' inheritance or my kids' Absolutely. inheritance. Absolutely. Yeah. An HSBC survey of workers in 15 different countries and territories, including the United States, finds that 23% of today's workers prefer to spend all of their savings rather than leave the cash to their children. In fact, just 9% intend to save as much as possible and pass the money on. So I think that's uh, maybe a message for the next generation coming along that they need to start preparing themselves. Well, it's kind of like, we know you're not going to take care of us. We're not going to take care of you. (laughs) (laughs) Retirement definitely does look a little bit different today than it did even one generation ago, and certainly generations ago, we've definitely made some uh, some adjustments. You know, my my seventy three year old brother in law is just about to launch his latest business. Really? So he's still out there working. Yeah, he is. Sounds like loving what he's doing. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. So well, so there you go. That's definitely a different take on things. It is, Jeff. I'm excited for today's guest. I am too. If there is anyone that is qualified to talk about the active life, it is Dr. Daniela Benavides. Daniela holds a doctorate degree in sports management with an emphasis in health and fitness. Her dissertation was titled, I love this, Improving Mood in Geriatric Individuals. Her undergraduate degree is in kinesiology. She teaches several exercise classes, and she has been a competitive athlete competing in soccer, softball, basketball, track and field, and the list goes on. It does, it does. Dr. B, we are so glad to have you join us. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Thank you. Thanks for Pleasure being with to be us. Here. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, what do you think about uh, changes in the retirement trends? Are you seeing that among any of the clients that you're working with right now? Um, definitely. Um, so, I think that as you guys touched upon a really good point, it's important to prepare ourselves, our younger generation, to prepare ourselves um, as we get older, because we might not be receiving those type of inheritances that maybe previous generations, um, you know, may have inherited. And so many of the people in these retirement communities are able to enjoy a better quality of life by spending their savings on an improved um, 
quality of quality life. Quality of right? living. Yeah. So it's cool to be able to see that because many of our residents, um, many of the residents that I get to work with, are able to actually still enjoy field trips and you know dining out and the good life. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I and I do begrudge that generation for choosing to do that rather than than sacrificing and living on nothing just to leave a little something to their, yeah. their kids. I think it's great. You earned it. It's yours. Some, Enjoy it. Something to learn, uh, an example for the rest of us, maybe. So, yes, uh, definitely. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your dissertation, and we're, we're going to talk about a wide variety of different things. But I, I love the title, Improving Mood in Geriatric Individuals. Um, you know, the, 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 the way that you feel about yourself and the way you feel about life and just your overall mood is so important and so indicative of that concept of the active life that we talk about so often on the show. Um, tell me the things that you found in your, in your study, in your dissertation. How do you improve your mood overall to include, improve your quality of life? Well, you're absolutely right with that. If we feel better about ourselves, we're much more likely to engage in things that we enjoy. One of those things, hopefully, is physical activity. Um, so with the study, we looked at what was better was strength training better? Was aerobic training better at improving people's mood to actually want to get out and do that? And so what we found was that both of them increased um, their desire to get out and be active, whether it was just increasing that heart rate, going for a walk, or lifting weights using the band. Um, So that's really important to just improve that desire to make them want to get up and move. Interesting. I I like that concept that um, there's no one right way to get the job done. There's more than one way, and uh, you know we 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 do a lot of research on the show trying to understand the this health and wellness aspect, and you get such um, interesting swings on the pendulum. I guess you know one article will say you know the only way to to be healthy is to lift weights, and another article will say well a cardio is the way to go, and don't worry so much about other things and. And I like that you found, at least from a mood standpoint, that both have value and both actually can help you know, bring you to the point where you want to want to be. I'm curious, what was your methodology? Like, how, how did you determine that result? So it was a mixed methodology, uh, but I do want to point out that um, first seniors, you know, just looking at mood, either type of exercise is going to improve, but when we think about seniors and their ability to retain independence, it's not just either or, what really works best for seniors is a combination of um, strength training, aerobic, and also definitely probably the most important component is flexibility along with stability training. Um, And that's an overall recipe. I mean, that sounds like good advice. Jeff Jeff and I cringed a little bit when you said flexibility. We we, uh, (laughs) unfortunately... We're, we're like that rubber band that's been in the drawer for 12 years and you try to move it. Yeah. (laughs) It just kind of breaks rather than bends. But it is, but yeah, it is so, important. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, not having that range of motion definitely limits people's ability to be able to retain that independence. And so I think that when we think about healthy aging, we really need to look at overall fitness. A holistic approach. Type. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So did, was it surveys? Did you measure heart rate? I mean, how did you kind of come to those conclusions? So it was um, a survey called the Behavioral um, Mood Introspective Survey. And so um, I used that, and so participants took a weekly survey, and then after six weeks, we looked at data and, you know, did all the 
statistical computations and came to the determination that both are helpful at improving mood. Awesome. Awesome. That, uh, that sounds fantastic. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with exercise and mood expert, Dr. Daniela Benavidez. And uh, again, we're, we're excited to kind of pick your brain on some of these concepts and the, the idea of, of mood and exercise and how it fits into your overall health plan. Now, you, you say that your main interest, or one of your interests at least, is um, heart-healthy exercises, what, uh, what would you consider heart-healthy exercises, and how does one go about making sure that they're incorporating those into their overall health and wellness plan? Um, so heart-healthy exercises are exercises that are going to increase the heart rate. They're going to help with cardiovascular endurance and cardiorespiratory um, capacity. And so, you know, that can be as simple as a walk, a jog, um, treadmill. My favorite method is indoor cycling, spinning. Um, another really great heart-healthy activity um, is tennis and racket sports. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you play uh, any tennis, personally? Um, I do A on occasion. Bit. It's not my number one go-to um, activity, but it's totally healthy. And so a lot of the studies have shown that people who participate in racket sports actually have a lower um, chance of developing heart disease and dying from heart-related illnesses. Now, Dr. B, I don't know if you know this or not, but pickleball is really a, a growing sport. Is that Would that be classified along with the racket sports, uh, a pickleball? Yes, yes, yes. Pickleball is one of my favorite sports to actually teach. Um, students love it. Um, just people of all ages are able to play in pickleball, so I really like pickleball. Um, when it comes to racket sports, and it's fairly inexpensive to get the equipment as well. Yeah, we we feel the same way. We at the Huntsman World Senior Games, we really love pickleball, and it's you know it's become one of the biggest sports that we offer. It's just the popularity is incredible, but the sport itself, uh, like you said, anybody can play pickleball. If you have just a you know a, a basic level of balance and coordination, you can walk onto a mm-hmm. pickleball court and you can play the game. And that's not mm-hmm. necessarily true of every sport. No. You know, you can't do that with golf. It's hard to do that with tennis. There's, there's a, a certain amount of practice that you have to put in before you're even able to play the game. Uh, pickleball is, is one of those sports where the barrier to entry seems really pretty low. And uh, again, most people can just walk on the court, play a game. Now, obviously, the more you play, the better you get. And there's, well, yeah. you know, there's technique and there's you know, nuances to the game for sure. But it is a game that you can play, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So that I want to. True. That is true. I want. I want to talk to you about a couple of other things that you indicated uh, that you have an interest in. Um, one of them is preventing hypokinetic diseases. Now I have to admit uh, my ignorance. I don't know what a hypokinetic disease is. So can you? Uh, so that just means, yeah, diseases that you develop um, by not having enough movement. Okay. All right. That makes sense. The kinetic yeah. in there should have tipped hypo, me off, right? Hypo meaning short <laughs> lack of, and kinetic is movement. The expert on uh, Latin, uh, Jeff Harding, coming to him with the same well, here. No, so. no, actually, she said that it became very clear to me what it was like. Okay, and I'm not an expert. I'm just an old guy that, that has picked up a few things over the no, years. That's awesome. That's awesome. So hypokinetic diseases. So, so diseases that you don't move around enough. So that seems like that fits perfectly into what you're trying to do with, uh, with individuals as you teach your exercise classes and so forth and so on. So that, that, that helps clarify me. Uh, for me, at least, what it means. So that's great. So what are things that you do to help people avoid problems like uh, hypokinetic diseases? Yeah, so 
Hypokinetic diseases could be things like obesity, diabetes, um, hypertension, high cholesterol. And so it kind of goes back to that whole thing that we talked about earlier with seniors in terms of healthy aging throughout life. And so when we look at um, improving a younger person's aerobic capacity along with their muscular strength and endurance and get them into those fit, fit healthy zones for their age and gender, um, and we continue developing fitness and ways to be fit and healthy, we're able to reduce um, those high chances of developing diseases, um, especially for those high-risk individuals that may fit in a certain demographic group. So that, that makes sense. Um, if you're, if you're, if you find yourself in the unfortunate place of maybe being in one of those groups, maybe you're overweight or, or even obese, or you have some of these other issues, how do you help people work through that and and you know get to a a, a better, healthier place where they want to be? Well, I think the first step is just accepting that you want to make a change, um, and then starting as slow as you need to or, you know, as committed as you're willing to be. If that means maybe possibly power walking your mile as opposed to jogging it, that's a great place to start. Increasing physical activity um, is super important. It helps, as we talked about earlier, improving mood, not just with seniors, but, you know, across all ages. It helps with developing fitness and also reduces um, reduces different um, what am I trying to say here? Risks for certain things like obesity because you're able to get out there and move and, you know, you're, you're taking that first step. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I, I, because your expertise is in improving mood, and to me it feels like mood is so connected to motivation, what advice would you have for someone who just needs to take the first step? It feels to me like it's a little bit like that boulder rolling down the hill. Once you mm-hmm. get going... Um, you get out there and then your mood increases and things move along and you're able to continue going. How do you take the first step? Where do you find that motivation or have you found something that helps people, you know, take that first step? Definitely. I think, again, just making that decision to make a lifestyle change and a big thing that has even helped me in my own journey um, is finding a support system that helps you achieve those goals. If it's, you know, going to lift weights, if it's attending certain classes, if it's going for a walk every day after work um, with a certain group of people, um, or even just having people who support your lifestyle changes in terms of, hey, I'm not getting that burger tonight, I'm going for the fish tacos type of thing. People who are supporting those changes and who appreciate that. That's probably one of the biggest components of being able to maintain that lifestyle change, I think. So one of the keys is not trying to do this by yourself, but but developing a support group, having people around you that have the same commitment to making the changes. Definitely, definitely. I think that social, yeah. that social aspect becomes so important. And if you'll, if you'll forgive the shameless plug for the Huntsman World Senior Games, I feel like in so many ways the, the games offer really a way for people to, to have that social element. Um, people yeah. come to the games only once a year, but they come so often and regularly to meet up with old friends and that idea of getting together with friends and, you know, re reestablishing or strengthening those relationships becomes a real motivator during the rest of the year to, to get up and get to the YMCA and swim those laps or get on that bike and, you know, get those miles in or, or put on those running shoes and, uh, and, and get out there and, and run. And so, you know, I, I like that concept of, of the, the social aspect where don't, don't do it alone. 
get surround yourself with good people, uh, get connected yeah. with people who are going to support you in your lifestyle choices, and then just keep going and help each other. Right? As you get help, right. you help someone else at the same time. Now, you recently Absolutely. sorry you, you recently published an article about uh, exercises that you feel all seniors should be doing. Would you like to share those with us? Um, yes. So, seniors as they age, we really want to um, work and focus on retaining their independence so that you know um, they don't need twenty four hour care. They're able to you know just function on their own. So, some of those exercises that we looked at that seniors of all ages should be doing um, include the following: military press whether that includes weights or just lifting the arms above the head. Mm. Bicep curls, super, super important for carrying things, um, you know, laundry, moving stuff. Another one um, are squats or what I like to call get-ups, just getting up out of your chair. Um, You know, if the person is able to squat, that can definitely help with getting into and out of a chair. Right. Um, which can be difficult for some of our, our aging patients. You bet. Um, definitely. Another really good one is flexibility training, like we talked about earlier. Flexibility and stability are going to help um, seniors retain their balance, which is going to help them reduce the risk of falling. And as you probably know, breaking a hip is one of the most common injuries yep. um, that happens when people fall. Um, and then aerobic training cardiovascular training, again, going just with possibly a walk um, is appropriate, but, um, you know, if they're able to sustain and maintain a faster pace, jog, running, definitely good as well. Swimming is is another really good option for some of our seniors with, um, you know, possibly painful joints. Yeah, yeah, the impact in swimming is is less, so that's uh, an attractive option. Yes, definitely. So just some of the, the ways that we can think of Maintaining that fitness or that independence is by retaining those abilities that we just, you know, take for granted, those those of us who are younger. So a lot of it is, is just enhancing the functionality of the body. Correct, There's correct. Exercises and that, even that, that enhance if they're the functionality. lacking strength, they mm-hmm. can still develop. It's not too late to start right. is what we're finding. And that's definitely one of the lessons that we see, you know, year after year, even week after week as we visit with people on the on the radio show, it's that it's never too late, you know? Um, a lot of times we might feel that way. We might be lacking that little bit of motivation, but it really isn't. It's never too late. Um, we have people all the time who start competing or start exercising later on in their life, and they still are able to go on and be very successful in, uh, you know, achieving their goals. And in, in some cases, they're mm-hmm. coming to the games and winning medals and even if they're not, they're still having a fantastic experience. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, and we are running a little short on time, but do, do you still compete right now, Doc? Are you uh, actively competing, or are you just more holistic approach to health and wellness? So I don't currently compete myself, but I have had the opportunity to coach um, a really good friend and mentor of mine, Dr. Robin Garcia, yeah. you probably know. Yeah, um, and I was able to help her um, just get ready for the games and coach her with um, the discus. So personally, I don't have the time to compete, um, but I do on a on a bike on a daily basis with myself, I guess. <laughs> well, that's and and that's perfect. You know, that's that's just perfect. So fantastic. Well, let me let me extend an invitation to you to uh, <clears throat> you know take a look at, at competing in the game sometime. Uh, we have thirty different sports that we offer, and I know that uh, Dr. Garcia, um, you know, has. Um, had a, a great level of success here and, and could uh, yes. you know give you some tips or pointers on 
on how to get there. But thank you for joining us sure. today uh, and sh- sharing your expertise. I think I, I learned several things that I think are important for all of us to keep in mind. Right. So thank you so much. We might want to add the chest weight until she's 50 before she can come compete. Uh, well, there you go. There you go. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get there eventually, right? We'll get there. Not too far. Well, thank you once again. So, Jeff, uh, registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games has opened. Yes, and, it has. You know, as, as has happened in years past, we have a couple of sports that have reached participation caps already, specifically right. pickleball and bowling. But don't despair. Get in there, go through the registration process, and get on a waiting list. We are often able to find ways to get people on the waiting list in the game. So, right. so don't give up hope yet. The dates for the 2018 games this year are October 8th through the 20th. You've got plenty of time to get yourselves prepared. So go to www.seniorgames.net and get yourself registered today. Don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and you can even find us in your Stitcher app. It's easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. All you have to do is do a search for Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Hit that subscribe button, and you'll never miss an episode. If you have an idea for a show or a question for us, shoot us an email at activelife at seniorgames.net. Our inspirational thought for the day is from the great Eastern philosopher Confucius. He says, it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. That's right. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye.